You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. Thanks for being here. The Midwest Literary Walk features a handful of authors and poets. It takes place April 30th in uh, in Chelsea. One of the poets is Robin Cost Lewis. Her poetry is at once a celebration and a dissection of being a woman and being black in America, in the title section of her debut book of poetry, Voyage of the Sable Venus, Lewis describes her work as, quote, a narrative poem comprised solely and entirely of the titles, catalog entries, or exhibit descriptions of Western art objects in which a black female figure is present, dating from 38,000 B.C., to the present. The result of Lewis's work is a powerful, blooming display of black femininity that walks a line between the limitless of limitlessness of internal beauty and the limitations of external forces. Her book of poetry won a National Book Award, and Lewis joins us here today. Robin Cost Lewis, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. Hello, Detroit. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and we should say that you, you were talking to us from Los Angeles, where you uh, where you live. Um, uh, talk about this approach to this poetry. I, I, I can't say that I have seen anything quite like it before. This idea of writing poems around the idea of uh, artwork and the descriptions of that artwork in in museums. Take me to where you sort of come up with the idea for that. Well, there is a long tradition of poets writing found poems, right? Like people don't like to talk about it too much now, but T.S. Eliot uh, made found poems all the time. And Miro Rukeyser, brilliant work, uh, documentary work, I mean, from then on, and even before, poets have been doing documentary work using uh, found material. So that's not unusual. But what is, I think, unique to my project is that I use the titles of the artwork itself and catalog descriptions as well to then tell a very experimental kind of surreal story to reflect the surrealness of racism um, about how black women have been used in the Western art tradition, not just in America, but all over the world for thousands of years. Yeah. And and it, what is it about those descriptions? I mean, if you think about the descriptions of art in museums, they are often just very, I mean, they're very spare, right? It's not, yes. it's not a, it's not a uh, sort of exposition of, of, of the art. It's a, it's a very brief description. Um, what is it about that sort of spareness that you were able to draw uh, uh, sort of more out of? Well, it's more about the rhetoric, right, and the language that art institutions use to talk about art. And when we're within the context of the museum or the exhibit or the library or archive, right, we see a word like broken shoulder of a black woman, say, that's a title, Uh statue. And that seems pretty fair, right? The shoulder's broken on the statue. But if you decontextualize the title, if you take the title out, what I began to notice is that there were... Um, first of all, numerous, countless untitled, right? There's a whole movement right now, mm-hmm. along with Black Lives Matter, called Say Her Name, right? Because black women are often untitled in the media. We don't have names, right? Um, and so one thing led to another. I just started seeing all these repetitions of untitled, broken, um, you know, anonymous, uh-huh. and, 
scarification and all of these things that to me, if I thought about them in terms of history and the history of black female bodies in the world, black women in the world, the art world's titles um, could be also turned into a story. Right. And, and that fascinated me. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to ask you to read uh, from your from your book to, to, to give the Certainly. listeners just an idea of what you're doing with this material. And I, I think the, the, the poem that uh, that captures it the best is Catalog One. Can you explain sure. what that is and then and then read it for us? Sure. So uh, the title poem is broken up into eight catalogs, and each one is a catalog of a different time period and place. And catalog one is ancient Greece and ancient Rome. It goes on to the medieval period in Europe, the independence and civil rights movements in all over Africa and the civil rights movement here, um, the kind of Christianity and Judaism. So there are different catalogs that deal with the artwork of different periods, and this is from catalog one, ancient Greece and ancient Rome. Okay. Statuette of a woman reduced to the shape of a flat paddle. Statuette of a black slave girl, right half of body and head missing. Head of a young black woman, fragment from a statuette of a black dancing girl. Reserve head of an African princess, statuette of a concubine. Full-length figure of a standing black woman wearing earrings. Statuette once supported an enguant vase, vase with neck and the head of the form of a head of a black statuette of a female figure with negroid features, figure's left arm missing, head of a female full-length figure of a Nubian woman, the arms missing, bust of a draped female facing forward, one breast exposed, black, adolescent female with long curls and bare breasts wearing a voluminous crown, partially broken young black girl presenting a stemmed bowl supported by a monkey. Wow. That that last line, that last description <laughs> uh really sort of draws out the the almost the the absurdity, I guess, of yeah. the, some of the the things that are going on in these museums and and that's not to criticize the art itself, but the right. way that it's presented and as you point out contextualized is is a little strange, right? Right. I mean, that's what continues to intrigue me um, in my in my work is how a statuette of a young girl uh, presenting a bowl supported by a monkey could be rendered right in terms of its craft so beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yet and yet it's pure hate. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Wow. Yeah. Um, let's talk about where your sort of idea to be become a poet sort of comes from what uh, talk about your your upbringing and what drew you to words assembled in this way well um, my family very working class to middle class family my father was a janitor and forklift operator my mother was a housewife at that time one income was enough to raise a family of four um, <laughs> uh, would always supplement my education which was abysmal um, with books about black people so I had a very lovely and um, strong and sincere library as a child of books about black uh, Americans. Mm -hmm. And I always knew I wanted to write. I remember reading Mar uh, Margaret Walker's For My People at a very young age and being struck um, silent by its glorious beauty and also how it exalts the history of African Americans. So it started back when I was a child. I always knew I wanted to be a writer. Um, 
And I went on to be a literature professor and did a lot of work and writing. But then I had an accident and um, I hurt my brain very um, badly and I couldn't read or write or talk very well. And so poetry was the way that I started writing again. I would write just a little bit, a few words a day, and that was all I could do um, without getting sick. And and so then it became a challenge of, well, how can I make four or five words say what I used to use 10 pages to say? Wow. And that's when I began to understand what the power of poetry and what it could do, metaphor, things like that. Yeah. Uh, and your, your debut book of poetry, Voyage of the Sable, Venus is a national book award winner, which I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, that is that's pretty remarkable. Come on, that's this is yeah. unheard of, right? It's not unheard of. It's happened no, times. Right. It's happened two other times. The last time it happened was 1974 with Marilyn Hacker's beautiful book. Um, so it's not unheard of, but it is very unusual, and yeah. I am still reeling. I'm in shock still months <laughs> later. Yeah, and and as I said in the open, you will be at the. Midwest Literary Walk, and you're appearing with someone else we had on the program last Yay. week, poet Jamal May, who was a wonderful guest as well. 3 p.m. at the Midwest Literary Walk, you two will be together, I guess, talking yes, about... Yes, I'm very excited. Time. I'm a big fan of Jamal's work, so yeah. I'm really excited to be there. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to get you to read uh, another another poem uh, from your book, and I, I think it's in Catalog 6 of it? Yes. Yeah. So this is from a catalog called Modern Civil Right that is a play on the civil rights movement, the title, um, and it looks at all the artwork during the independence and civil rights movements in Africa, the Caribbean, and the U.S. Um, a lot of these titles are by black women. I decided towards the end to include those titles both as, as, as an homage to the work that black women writers and curators have done, but also um, because the titles begin to reflect the history of what was happening at the time, which is very exciting to me. So you less objectification and more subjectivity and celebration. Hmm. So this is from Modern Civil Right. Anonymous do drop in, blessed sunbathing negress, Rent day beauty in the slums. Clapping, christening, cleaning, club women, cooking class at the Benjamin Banneker. The green chair people in a line. Queens of the boat hear animals dancing, wrapping it up at the Lafayette. Wannabes at the white party, gold brick in Roseland asphalt jungle. Female carnival ride, primitive girl, the boss pulling your own strings, humanity servant, you're fine, you're hired. Group portrait in the dark tower, picture-perfect painted toenails colonnade, the annotated Topsy series untitled, the cow jumped over the moan. Let bygones be bygones, Hiawatha woman, with jug-grieving-hearted full-blown magnolia measuring and pacing playland. Comrades, the sun god and the poet swinging in the park, there were colored people there. In the background, the pimp, God's gift to man. He told her he wanted to talk to her, and she told him he could talk all he wants to. Clara May angry at her sister and husband. Workers take the lead. Midnight benefits show. The screw as applied to the cheese press. Me and Willie May, Ram Man, Tomboy, Moose Lady with a gentleman named Charles Bailey. Models displaying printed leather shoes. Tomboy, Love Owl, Five Sorcerers, Seven Faces of Eve. Little Miami magic people, 
on such a night as this. Unidentified man, woman, and cat. Unidentified something that ain't been born yet. Woman power. She's black. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's registered. She'll vote. How about you? Now dig this. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful, untitled. Somebody paid the price for your right to vote. Register now. You don't palm the people. You can register. No reading or writing necessary. Thenceforward and forever free thought. You might enjoy this memento of the occasion. Wow. Wow. Uh, uh, One thing I'm struck by when you're reading uh, your work there is how similar the rhythm and pattern is to the work where you're just taking descriptions of the art uh, and and sort of streaming them together. Talk about how those two things relate to each other. I think rhythm. I think rhythm is a really important part of of all poetry. Uh, Absolutely. But, but here, that connection between uh, the, the 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 these descriptions of art and and that rhythm. How are you able to to sort of draw <laughs> those together? Well, lots of years of work, <laughs> but thank you for recognizing. I mean, yes, I mean, poetry is a art of lyric, of music, and without musicality in the language, I think it can fall flat and often does. I mean, you know, p- poetry is working triple duty and overtime if it's working. Uh, it's not just the content, it's how you arrange the language in order to have that lyrical quality be present on the page. I mean, I, I, I was joking, but I just think it takes a lot of time, and I'm grateful that you would recognize that it wasn't just haphazardly. <laughs> no, it's not just uh, grabbing <laughs> things and putting them together. There's... And right. It also, I mean, in addition to it holding up, I mean, to make the collage of the titles hold up, um, in terms of its information that it's delivering, you also have to make it hold up lyrically. Um, I also, in that poem I just read, you know, I wanted to also reflect the poetry scenes of the time, of the 60s and 50s, and speakeasies and things like that, you uh-huh, know, uh-huh. Um, what we now call poetry slams. Uh, I wanted that language to be there, too, to reflect the history of the moment uh, poetically. Uh, talk about the process of gathering all this material. I mean, how much time are you spending in museums, for instance, oh my looking at these things? <laughs> all the time. My son, uh, he's now eight, but I started working on this project when he was about one and a half. Um, and I took him everywhere. I, went, I remember I was in a museum in Nairobi with him at a photography exhibit. And I went all over the world. And then um, once he got a little older and I couldn't carry him around on my back... Then I started um, going just in within the United States to cities where I was either visiting or I would go intentionally to see something. Um, and then we lived in New York City, and New York, of course, is just saturated with incredibly um, uh, strong museums and exhibits. And so I would go to multiple exhibits every weekend with my son and a magnifying glass and just look and look. And then when I would travel home, you know, to L.A. or to San Francisco or to have to go to Chicago or New Orleans or whatever. And then, you know, what happened that really helped me that we don't talk enough about, our libraries began and museums began to publish online exhibits through the Internet. Uh And that was 
incredibly powerful. <laughs> I mean, you can you can travel to any museum in the world that has an online on exhibit program yeah. on your computer and now your phone. And I don't think people realize just what a powerful thing that is and what that means in terms of accessing information. It's extraordinarily powerful. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so I, I would spend, you know, I, w- I joke with friends in the middle of the night, I would have a glass of wine and a bag of barbecue potato chips with the Mona Lisa in the Louvre, you know, because I was visiting her online. Yeah, yeah. Right? that is amazing. All right, yeah. Robin Cost Lewis, uh, poet, National Book Award winner, uh, will be uh, at the Midwest Literary Walk April 30th. In Chelsea, uh, thank you very much for being here and sharing your work with us on Detroit Today. Thank you for having me. It's my great pleasure. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, we're going to talk about how to avoid exposing yourself to lead in the soil when you're gardening. Stay with us here on Detroit Today. Detroit Today.